Hi, I'm Carmen LaBerge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Encouraging you to live as an ambassador of God's kingdom in the world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. So the Associated Press is reporting that the U.S. President Joe Biden is, quote, convinced Russian President Vladimir Putin has decided to invade Ukraine, including an assault on the capital, Kiev. Tensions spiked along the country's militarized line. Attacks uh, that the West said could be false flag operations meant to establish a pretext for invasion. Uh, A humanitarian convoy was hit by shelling. Pro-Russian rebels evacuated civilians from the conflict zone. There was a car bombing in the eastern city of Donetsk. Um, And uh, it's it's ratcheting up. Um, In the midst of all of that, Russia has announced they are going to do nuclear drills to flex their military muscles. Um, And in the midst of all of that, the U.S. president has agreed summit, uh, assuming that Putin will not invade Ukraine. So all of that is going on, and we are are going to uh, talk with U.S. Homeland Security official, former Homeland U.S. Security official Elizabeth Newman about all of this and get her assessment on what's going on. Today is the 21st of February, and so we are in the 21st chapter of the book of Acts. And you say to yourself, wow, how do we pivot? How do we pivot so quickly? from the national headlines, or international headlines, to Scripture? And and how are the two related? So if you're just tuning in, I'm Carmen LaBerge. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen on the Faith Radio Network. And what we do is bring the Bible, bring the Word of God, bring the mind of Christ to bear on the matters of the day. And so we recognize that there are threats and tensions and challenges that we face as people in a world at war with God and with each other and with ourselves. And we say, what does God have to say about all of this? And how can I, as a Jesus person, a follower of Jesus, a disciple of Jesus Christ, how can I operate out of the peace that passes all understanding? How can I operate um, as a person of prayer and light? with no anxiety in the midst of all this? How can I let strivings cease and find my rest in God? How can I be that person in the midst of all of this? Well, we turn to Scripture, and we don't just turn to, you know, one-off verses and say, well, this verse, you know, is the answer to all that. We understand Scripture in context, and we read it in large swaths, in order to understand who God is and then who we are in relationship to God and then what that means we are to do. So today we're in Acts chapter 21, and you're in the middle of uh, a missionary journey of Paul. He's circling back around to visit many of the churches that he established, many places that he's already been. 
He's encountering other leaders in the church. He spends time in Jerusalem with James. Um, He is, uh, in this passage, arrested in the temple in Jerusalem. And at the end of this, he is not only speaking to the people, this chapter ends in the middle of a sentence. (laughs) So you're going to say to yourself, wow, there's a lot going on here. Um, But Paul is a person who we recognize as having a transforming encounter with Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus. He was a persecutor of the church. He had an absolute change of heart and mind and spirit, and he has now become an ambassador of the kingdom of God, and he is extending the gospel to all the world. And that's what's going on. That's the context of the conversation that we find ourselves in in the 21st chapter of the book of Acts. And you will... um, and you will see Paul in prison. You will see Paul beaten. You will see um, what Jesus spoke of Paul um, in you know earlier in Acts, that Paul would suffer much for the sake of Christ. You will see that being fulfilled here um, in this chapter. So if you haven't joined us, please do so. We are reading through the Bible. We are in the book of Acts. And on this 21st of February, we are in Acts 21. Joining us next, uh, as she frequently does on Monday mornings, Elizabeth Newman. She uh, formerly served in two administrations for the U.S. government in the area of homeland security. Counterterrorism is her expertise. And I like uh, to bring Elizabeth on to help us understand what in the world is going on in the world. She's a sister in Christ, and she brings that perspective to bear as well. You are listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBerge, and this is Faith Radio. All right, joining us again this morning, Elizabeth Newman. You can find her at Moonshot. You can also find her at the National Immigration Forum. Elizabeth, welcome back. Hey, good morning, Carmen. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Happy President's Day. Do you have a particular U.S. president that you like to celebrate on President's Day? (laughs) That's a good question. Um, You know, my kids are in elementary school. So it's more just a conversation about, especially lately, how unique our country is. Um, and the, the fact that we get to elect um, both uh, men that have been uh, heroes, if you will, or people of good character, and at times that we've made mistakes and maybe not elected people of competence and character. Um, so that uh, when I think about President's Day, it's in the context of those conversations that I've been having with my kids lately. Yeah, so I thought that's really good. A conversation I had last week with somebody in anticipation of President's Day, they were like, hey, Russia has a president and we have a president. Is it really kind of all the same thing? And I'm like, you know, that's a really good question because the term gets used um, not just in our form of government, but in other forms of government as well. And it does mean different things in different places. Uh, and certainly right now, as we talk about President Putin from Russia and what he's up to, uh, the conversation about the U.S. presidency, how the scope of it is limited, how we have this balance of powers, um, you know, with the with the 
uh, legislative and executive and judicial branches. I mean, just our system is different than others, even when they use the word president. That's exactly right. I actually had this exact conversation with my son yesterday um, while I was working out. He was watching me watch some of the uh, uh, Sunday morning talk shows and, you know, trying trying to wrap his you know 10 year old mind around why why would somebody want to invade another country and you know ex- same exact thing well he's a president doesn't he operate the way we do and it just really impressed upon me how um you know even for younger generations people um in ukraine for example we have u.s citizens in ukraine i was doing some work with abc news last week and they had done some interviews of the people that have decided to stay. And a lot of the people that they've interviewed are, are younger. They're, they were born after the USSR fell. And there's almost mm. this lack of understanding of what the Cold War was like, what a person like Putin's mindset might be, and how it's very different than a Western mindset. Um, so yes, I, I think we're... we're we should be having more conversations about this. We we are different than uh, other parts of the world, in part because of that rule of law, in part, in part because of that balance of um, powers. That there is no one person that can, you know, decide on their own that they're going to go out and just start a war for fun. Um, we we have checks and balances, and uh, thankfully, in the post Cold War environment. Um, a set of defensive alliances to try to keep peace in the world. And the Russian people don't have that. Um, Over the last 20 years, Putin has uh, basically whittled away at any pretense of democracy that they tried to stand up in the 90s. And he is basically the authoritarian dictator. He can pretty much do whatever he wants to do as long as his people don't try to disrupt that through protests and and other you know domestic challenges so it is it i think when we're looking at the situation and what what he is trying to accomplish we keep applying this western mindset and that is just not how putin looks at the world yeah i think that when you talk about a generation of American adults or U.S. citizens who are adults living abroad in Ukraine who have a post-USSR understanding of the world, uh, they have been led to believe that globalism and the American view of globalism is everybody's shared worldview. And that is that is simply not true. And I think that's a part of this conversation as well. Um, Elizabeth, let's take a very, very brief pause and let's um, come back to this conversation. I'd love to have your assessment of, you know, I, I realize it's a moving target, but your assessment today of uh, the prospects of Russia invading full, you know, full war invading the nation of Ukraine. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. We're talking with Elizabeth Newman, and we'll be right back. That is the Ukrainian national anthem you're hearing right now. We're talking with Elizabeth Newman. She works with an organization now called Moonshot. She also uh, works with ABC News, helps bring the world news uh, into perspective for their audience, and she does that for us as well. She is a former U.S. Homeland Security official, uh, and I just really appreciate, Elizabeth, your willingness to come and help us understand what in the world's going on in the world. So give us your assessment on so the current 
prospect of full-scale war between Russia and Ukraine? Well, it, it is not a very optimistic assessment. And of course, we've been talking about this for months. So I can appreciate that if you're only catching headlines, it seems like this drumbeat keeps getting louder, but nothing ever happens. And um, I, I don't think that that should mean complacency. Um, so just a, some context here about three weeks ago, um, about the last time I was on with you, Carmen, we were talking about uh, Russia having amassed 100,000 troops. We are now up to about 150 to 190,000 troops surrounding three sides of Ukraine. Um, this gives Putin options. Uh, it gives him options as to which way he might start uh, a war, which direction. Um, and it clearly sends a signal when you have 75% of your conventional troops amassed around Ukraine, that it's really hard to interpret that as anything other than um, a planned invasion. Um, there have been lots of talks, especially over the last two months, whether Putin was bluffing. And what you hear from intelligence officials is that it is less and less likely that this is a bluff. Um, we heard uh, in intelligence um, being distributed by the, the U.S. government over the weekend that um, he has given orders to his uh, commanders to be ready to go. Um, so the intel side is troubling. The, the pictures um, that, that we now have um, open source intelligence groups uh, or, you know, basically we have satellites in the sky that are private sector satellites are not just intelligence uh, satellites telling us um, that, that the picture is pretty dire. But I think the most concerning thing was over the weekend, we started to see exactly what we expected to see, exactly the way that the playbook kind of suggested this would play out. And that is the creation of a pretext, um, the, the stories that would justify to Putin's domestic audience, to the Russian people, why conflict is necessary. Um, so there was a story about uh, a, a chlorine tank, actually it was a video, chlorine tank um, sabotage occurring. It's been debunked, but that debunking happens in the West. It doesn't necessarily happen for the Russian people. There um, are forced evacuations of civilians out of Eastern Ukraine um, under the pretext of an invasion is coming. Well, those are real life civilian people. They are being forced into Russia and they're, they're literally, it's like a made for TV set where these refugees are getting processed so that they can get the pictures to the Russian people of, oh, look how sad there are all these refugees and they're now being forced into Russia and we're going to have to care for them. Um, there's been more shelling uh, from the Russian side. The separatists that are backed by Russia have been shelling the Ukrainians, but then they're, they're using the video in Russia to basically say, see, see, the, the Ukrainians are being the aggressors here. So they're the pictures, the stories, it's a barrage of fake news. And it just, it's, it, it gives the indication that um, uh, Putin is pretty close to pulling the trigger. He has the pretext he needs, at least for his domestic audience, even if the rest of the world doesn't believe him. Um, the one thing, the one thing that keeps this drawn out lo longer than um, Intel officials originally thought is because of what the West is doing with the intelligence. The fact that as soon as they're getting it, they're they're going public with it. They're saying, okay, we now think that Putin's about to do this. 
And that does seem to be disrupting some of Putin's plans. It, it's kind of putting him off kilter. So I don't think that there is no hope um, that we can avoid war. Um, perhaps he uh, takes a look at the calculus of, of how his plans have not gone the way he had hoped. And maybe he just pivots to a, s trying to get something else diplomatically. But the, 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 the way that the chessboard is laid out right now, it very much looks like we're going to see um, that uh, invasion. Um, and what, what, we should be clear here, Putin invaded in 2014. If you live in Eastern Ukraine or in Crimea, like you've been living with war for seven years. So there is um, an aspect of this is just the latest escalation of a war. But what the American people, of course, are thinking is, you know, tanks moving in and taking over Kiev, the capital city and that that piece of it does appear to be coming very, very soon, unfortunately. Elizabeth, when you think about um, U.S. citizens who have decided they are going to stay and we hear from the U.S. State Department that if you choose to stay, like we're not we're not going to help you get out after the fact. Like there's a timeline on this. Tick tock, tick tock. Um, it's hard for me to imagine if there is a full-scale invasion and U.S. citizens want to get out, that America is going to say, you waited too long. But is that possible? I mean, there's a very real um, scenario where the, any NATO alliance that, that tries to intervene once hostilities have started I mean, beyond like we're giving Ukraine money, we're giving them tr training, we're giving them equipment. But the moment you start using um, NATO or U.S. Uh, in firepower, if you will, to try to get people out, th there's that um, possibility of unintended consequences, which um, I think everybody in the in NATO and in the United States is trying to avoid. We don't want to have one of those moments that turns this into not just a regional conflict, but a world war. So um, I, what I don't know if U.S. citizens are appreciating is that that the calculations, the, the geopolitical calculations here are, are pretty complex. And, and so there's just not a lot of wiggle room for the United States to, you know, go in and, and do a rescue mission and potentially accidentally end up in some sort of conflict between our troops and their troops. So the, the um, urging has been for weeks now, and there's been plenty of time, you know, we, we thought we might, this might have happened a couple of weeks ago, but there's been plenty of time for people to try to find a way out and and when you hear listen to the people that are staying, you know, a handful of them have legitimate issues, you know, a, a family member in the hospital, that kind of stuff, which, yes, that would be really hard to evacuate. But a lot of the people that are staying are staying because they just seem to not understand or appreciate the gravity of the situation. They seem to think that um, it won't affect them that, you know, whatever invasion happens is going to happen elsewhere and they should be relatively safe. And I, I try to, I, I almost view this like, um, if imagine the hurricane warnings that get issued for, for coastal areas for a category five hurricane, even if you think you can withstand it and you don't, your risk tolerance allows you to, to take that risk, you're putting 
uh, first responders in harm's way. So you're adding a burden to others who would then need to come rescue you if you got cut off, um, you know, because of flooding or your house collapsed. So like part of being a good citizen is heeding the warnings of the people that would be trying to rescue you if something goes wrong. And if they're saying get out, you get out not just because of your own safety, but you're trying to prevent extra work for others that might have to rescue you or defend you. Hmm. That's so helpful. That's so helpful. As always, Elizabeth, we have more to cover than we have time to cover it. So thank you so much. Um, Thank you for this deep dive. We look forward to our next conversation with you. Um, In the meantime, you know, keep up the good work on the parenting front because, right, the next generation is really critical in terms of uh, these conversations as well. So thank you again, Elizabeth. Thanks, Carmen. Have a good week. You too. Uh, You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. We're going to take a break for Breakpoint. We'll be right back. This is amazing grace. So have you ever wondered to yourself, why do I listen to this? Like, why am I listening to Mornings with Carmen? And then let me ask you this. How has listening affected your life? What have you heard that has resulted in seeing something differently or seeing someone differently or saying something that you may not have otherwise said, or maybe something you've heard here has inspired you to do something that you may not have otherwise done. Well, I uh, have a friend whose name is Jessica, Jessica Lally. She is a regular listener to the program. She texts in frequently at 877-933-2484, which you can do as well. She's also a dear friend. She's actually been my best friend since high school, and she's my speaking agent now. So she's here today, strangely, in my studio, right here in the she shed outside my house. And we're going to talk with her about what we talk about here every day. And she's going to share with us some stories from the grocery store, from a funeral, from breakfast with a friend, some of which is an outgrowth of what she's heard here on Mornings with Carmen. Jessica Lally, up next. love it that you're weighing in. We're hearing from Mary. Mary says, uh, I appreciate the variety of viewpoints presented, the in-depth reports, challenges to think and engage. I have found resources for information which I had previously not known existed. Mary, thank you for that input. Rosella says, this is an answer to my question, why do you listen? Why do you listen to Mornings with Carmen? Why do you get up and listen to me? Yeah. So you can let me know why you listen at 8, you text us text us at 877-933-2484. Rosella says, I'm listening to Carmen because I haven't gone to bed yet. There you go. I learn a lot. Love Rosella. Love Rosella to you too. Blessings and shalom. Well, one of our regular listeners is Jessica Lally. She lives in a suburb of Atlanta, Georgia. Um, She texts in regularly as well. She happens to be my best friend from high school, which says a lot that she's been listening to me for a long, long time time. She serves an organization called Voices to Connect. And yep, she's my speaker agent as well. Jessica, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Thank you, Carmen. So fun to be here with you. Uh, So Jessica, tell people like literally what's underfoot right now, since you are for the first time ever as a guest in my physical studio outside my house. Two beautiful, sweet baby dogs. 
<laughs> that are loyal to you. There really are studio dogs, and we really are in studio. All right, so Jessica operates out of something that over time we have called Bolo. Be on the lookout. She also is really good at making other people's business her business. So, Jessica, what is Bolo, and how how do you like operate out of that as a lifestyle? Bolo is actually originated as a police term. And so they would put a bolo out, be on the lookout for a certain kind of person that has maybe committed a crime or is lost or something. And somehow we just started utilizing it just in my life to be on the lookout uh, for really God putting people in your path or prompting you to do something. And it's kind of addictive. Carmen lives this out in reality. So I get to uh, benefit from learning from her as well. All right. So one of the things that I have heard you say, Jessica, um, and if you hear a little click in the background every once in a while, it's because we're actually sharing a microphone, um, which is, you know, cozy and something you'd probably only do with your best friend in studio. So there you go. Um, Jessica, when you operate in this bolo, be on the lookout um, way of life, um, you end up with then stories of where you have had these divine appointments where, you know, you've God has showed up in a really powerful way because you were willing to look for him and see him in the life of another person. Share with us the story about somebody that you met at a funeral who really is, she's really a missionary. I met a lady at a funeral because the daughter of the lady who died said, oh, I want you to come meet my Bible teacher. And I thought, there's a Bible study in this high rise in Palm Beach. And so I spent the um, the time after the funeral speaking to this lady who was 82 and another one of her friends who was maybe 85, who at one point had been Miss Palm Beach. And these women are on fire for the Lord and the way that they... Um, love on people and host the Bible studies in the building, but in a way that draws people in. And they also understand a lot about the nuances of the area where they live and the people that they're serving. And um, so people in my family were blessed in amazing ways by this missionary. And I come to find out that for many, many years, they tried to share the Lord with my grandmother-in-law. And six months before she passed away, she accepted Christ because of these ladies. Okay, so see, that's totally amazing. So, Jessica, you were at this person's funeral. You really weren't super sure about her right. relationship with God or her eternal reality. And you met these women who, in their 80s, see themselves as absolute missionaries of Jesus in this high rise in Palm Beach. And they got to share with you that, oh, yeah, we shared Jesus with her. She totally re totally received Jesus. And yeah, I mean, we're, we can say with confidence that she's a sister in Christ and with Jesus in eternal glory. Isn't that amazing? I mean, as you're listening to this, I mean, aren't you thinking to yourself, that is totally amazing. And I am so thankful. And in your 80s, you could have a ministry in a Assisted living high rise. Like it's it's totally amazing. All right. So we're talking with Jessica Lally from Voices to Connect. And we're talking about applying the mind of Christ to the matters of the day and how she has done so in her own life, how God has opened up her heart to be willing to um well do things that might you might think would be embarrassing to do in public. Right? right. Jessica now like prays in public. I feel like maybe that's not something that she's always done. But we have had conversations about praying like with your server um, before a meal. 
Jessica and I have had opportunity to do that on occasion when we have traveled together. And Jess, I'm wondering if you'll tell um, folks the story about, again, one of these older women in your life, which maybe we should talk about that as well. But one of these older women in your life, she's a total prayer warrior. And you had a recent experience with her at breakfast in public that I think um, everybody would appreciate. Yes. And Carmen, you helped me get off the ledge of this public faith, living out your public faith, because when we would go to eat, no one has ever turned you down when you've asked in a in a thoughtful way to the server, we're going to have a blessing over the meal. Is there a way that we can pray for you? No one has ever said no. And some of them have been very um, heartfelt just and you just are heart. You just you're just loving on these people. So last week, I was meeting another one of my, I'm just telling you, if you are in your 80s, people need you, okay? I probably have five of these women that have been in my life, some in the last two years, some in the last 20 years, that have just been amazing mentors and encouragers to me and people that um, that we know. So one of them had been a neighbor, and another neighbor said, oh, you should meet Peggy. She wrote a book about prayer, and that was why he thought we should connect And we haven't seen each other for a while, so we reconnected at this restaurant. And we didn't, we we had a waiter that we normally had seen the last time, and that was a whole other story for another day. And we asked about him at the end of the meal, and the lady, the waitress, was very teary and just said he had to leave, long story, but we went to visit him at his restaurant after that. (laughs) And then we asked her, "How, how could we pray for you? And she said, I have an eight-month-old that might have to have kidney surgery. And I'm very worried. And that turned into a short conversation. And my prayer warrior, Peggy, said, well, would you mind if I prayed for you right now? And she was totally receiving it. And then we pray, and I hear some voices while we're praying. Two other wait staff have joined us praying over this lovely woman. And tears are there. And these people, it's almost like they just needed to be activated and to know that it was okay for them to, um, to, they were just encouraged that somebody would pray for them, and they it was okay to talk about their faith, and um, and then I encouraged them to go find a Peggy. <laughs> yeah, and go find a Peggy means find a person who is further down this path with Jesus than you. They might be, you know, of a chronological age that is uh, beyond you, but certainly a person who is maybe more willing to be public in terms of their faith than you are, certainly a person who has walked further, maybe longer with Jesus than you have. Um, Jessica is really good at at walking in up to people and saying, hey, I see these things about you. Um, I would like to know more about that. Tell me more. She's really good at using those three words, which you and I uh, know are some of the most powerful sacred words out there in the culture today. Tell me more. Um, Jessica is also a mom. Her son, Brooks, is my uh, is my godson. And um, Brooks is a you know, let that young adult stage of life. Yeah. So we have a Brooks story to share next um, because Brooks is at that stage of life where, you know, your parents can only speak into you for so long. And then you really need other Christian men in particular, if you're a young man, to speak into your life. And so we're going to talk a little bit about how Brooks has identified um, his mentor, who, by the way, doesn't know it yet. 
All right. Why are you listening to Mornings with Carmen? You can text me at 877-933-2484. We're talking right now with regular listener Jessica Lally. You can find her at VoicesToConnect.com. We'll be right back. I'm smelling coffee. Birds are singing just outside. Here comes your mercy streaming in with the morning you're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBerge in studio this morning with Jessica Lally. She is a regular listener, which makes her an irregular person, I think. Um, she listens each and every day via the Faith Radio app. Um, it's a great way to share the show with someone else. Jessica is a, an ambassador of the show. She's a radio missionary. She's um, she's sharing what we're doing here with others. And, uh, and so I just thought it would be fun to hear from her why she listens, some of the things that she gets um, from the program. Thank you for those of you who are also texting in your answer to that question. Why do you listen? What do you get out of it? At 877-933-2484. So the other day I made some kind of mention of um, a devotional Mm -hmm. called My Utmost for His Highest. And um, so Jessica's been reading My Utmost for His Highest, and she thought we should share today's devotional. Well, this is one of those old classics, and I just think sometimes we need to go back to that. And I've been trying to um, just not feel defeated if I can't have a long, long time in the Word. And this is a great devotional. So today, it was just February 21st and Mark fourteen six. Have you ever been carried away for Him? And it really spoke to me because it talked about being abandoned to God is of more value than personal holiness. And I really felt like being abandoned to God is also more valuable than a curated life, um, how we're presenting ourselves. It's more valuable than books on our shelf. And being abandoned to God helps us give the opportunity for God to work through us. And um, that is pretty exciting. All right, Jess. Um, Jessica has a son named Brooks. He is my godson and very, very you know, precious and a delight to my heart. He's now a young adult. He just had a birthday. How, how old is he now? 22. 22. <laughs> and so, you know, um, we need people beyond um, his mama and his godmother speaking into his life, um, encouraging him. And tell us, um, Jessica, the story about how Brooks has recently identified a Christian mentor, but that man doesn't know it yet. (laughs) And he may or may not be listening right now. In middle school, Brooks had an amazing teacher who had gone to Georgia Tech and become an engineer and then decided to pour his skills and gifts into teaching at a classical Christian school and was just a standout teacher for the parents, but also especially the students. And now that was in middle school. So Brooks had gone to California, went to college, back on the East Coast now, and reconnected with this teacher who now works at a church in Atlanta. And the teacher, um, as again, just was a great connection for Brooks. And they've uh, they reconnected in a relationship of, you know, of depth. And Brooks said he doesn't know it yet, but he's going to be my mentor. So this is like one of those, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree because Jessica's good at seeking people out as well. Sometimes we need to just tell people, hey, I see things in your life, then I want some of that. I want to know about that. I appreciate the way you walk with the Lord, and I'd, I I, would like to learn. And so this be on the lookout thing is, is a lifestyle where we are— um, 
we're praying in advance that God would open our eyes and our hearts and our hands and our lives, that we would really see people, that we would ask good questions, we would be genuinely curious, that we would make no assumptions, that we would listen well, and then that we would follow the Spirit's nudging. Sometimes it's going to, the Spirit is going to nudge us to do something or to ask something, and other times the Spirit is going to nudge us to um, ask for something. So in this case, you know, Brooks asking this person to invest in him. Um, Jessica asking these older women to invest in her, to share their wisdom and their experiences and their life. Um, But there are also uh, times and opportunities when the Spirit's nudging is pretty unique in terms of a moment. So Jessica, will you tell us the story about the woman at the grocery store who was wearing the pen? Yes. And I do want to say, because sometimes you can kind of get carried away to really have a reset every day and ask God before, if you feel a prompt, um, a need is not a call. And a lot of times you might see something that needs help. And sometimes it's good to ask if that person wants help. But this particular story was quite amazing. A friend of mine was in the grocery store and she was at the checkout and noticed that her checkout lady was wearing a, a special pen. And she asked her, what does this pen stand for? And the lady said, well, it's um, something to do with autism. It's, uh, it's representing autism. And she said, oh, um, and then I could, I could hear her in this person's voice. She said, she's asking the, the, um, the checkout lady is asking the friend, well, would you believe it if I was the person that had the autism? And the, the person checking out said, well, yes, because I know that there are a lot of people that are high functioning and it's actually kind of hard because it's not as obvious and it's it's harder. And so that person went home and she thought, here she here she is really wanting to talk about her situation. But her pen was just sort of mangled and, you know, nondescript. And she even had told her, you should put that in a more prominent place. So my friend went back and found online, I don't know, maybe a $15 necklace with the same icon from autism awareness group and brought it back and brought it back to her and to the grocery store, maybe two weeks later. And, um, she had said, no one has ever asked me about the pen, mm-hmm. which meant that nobody ever asked me about the mm-hmm. open the door for the conversation. Mm-hmm. And, um, anyway, the funny thing is the friend told me that the pen was actually, she was still wearing it. Was it was on a much more prominent position and now she would have this necklace. Now, she's never gone back in that grocery store because it wasn't her normal place. So sometimes we don't have to stay connected. Um, you can do something for someone, and it's actually even more fun to do it for these complete strangers, and you don't have to have make them feel obligated or get credit for it. Doing um, what you feel led and nudged by the Spirit to do in the moment. And we're not talking about things that cost us a lot of money. They might cost us a little bit of time. Um, they might cost us uh, a small amount of sacrifice. But the the payoff in the other person's life, that they have been seen, that the pen that they're wearing has been noticed. Trust me when I tell you, if somebody's got a tattoo, if somebody's wearing a pen, if somebody is wearing a hat, if somebody is, you know, right, if they're wearing it, if they got a bumper sticker, they want you to notice and they want you to say something. They are trying to help you see something about themselves. And so it's important to ask, what what does that mean? Why are you wearing that? You've clearly made a choice to put that uh, as your bumper sticker. Tell me about that. What motivates that? This is the way we get into relationship with other people, and Jessica is really good at it. She is 
on the lookout in um, in her life all the time um, for the person who maybe is on the periphery or perimeter or wants to be asked, but nobody is seeing them. So let's pray in advance and ask God to open our eyes and our hearts and our hands. Let us see people. Let us ask questions, like be genuinely curious, assuming nothing and listening well. And then let us follow the Spirit's nudging today. Don't resist the Holy Spirit. It may require you to go out of your way or adjust your plans. But this is how ministry happens in the moment. This is how the world has changed by one intentional act of kindness at a time. So let me encourage you to build margin into your day today so that you can be available to God's direction and keep those divine appointments that God has set. We've been talking with Jessica Lally. You can find her at VoicesToConnect.com. She's also very active on LinkedIn. You're looking for Jessica Lally. Jessica, thank you so much for joining us today on Mornings with Carmen. Thank you, Carmen. We'll be right back. of a friend text to read. So this is a uh, person listening in Woodstock, Georgia. Hey, good morning, Woodstock, Georgia. She says, I teach pre-K in a Christian school and typically listen as I walk in the afternoon. My guess is she's listening now because they either don't have school today or don't have to go quite yet. Um, She says, um, you inspire me daily to live out my faith. You have inspired me in the classroom often as I have the privilege of sharing God's word with my class of littles. I also love having conversations with colleagues about where in the word are you? I put a board up in our workroom last spring titled, Where in the Word Are You? And I asked colleagues to put scripture verses on it. It was so encouraging. Uh, This listener is grateful for what we do and the app that allows her to hear the broadcast every day. And then she says, may God pour out his blessings on you today and every day. Well, amen, amen, and amen. You have so blessed me with that word of encouragement this morning. Um, I love that I'm walking with you in Woodstock, Georgia today. Thank you so much for walking with me in the Lord. This is, um, this is how it works, my friends. We pour into each other's lives as Christ has poured himself into our lives by the power of the Spirit. And then we go out there into the world that God so loves and we pour out his love. We pour it out into a world that is, it's desperate for him, and yet it knows not its own need. So let's be those people today, uh, the people into whom God has poured that we might in turn be poured out on his behalf to others. This has been Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. Have a great day, a grace day, and God bless. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.